0: Welcome to every weekly episode 156. Now, in this week, we do have a visitor, Shao Ferreira from BC uh, talk about his uh, recent effort related on writing a one blog post every single day during February. So 28 blog posts in a month, because (laughs) clever to, by the way, pick uh, February.
1: So that was smart. (laughs) Nothing like like a compliment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You've done this awesome work, but you picked the shortest month. Come on. Sorry. We can no, do better no, no, than no, that. No. We can do better than that.
0: That was actually really cool. So, and, and a lot of different blog posts uh, across the different Microsoft Traces to our platform, including Windows, um, because he's an MVP, not only in Office Dev, but he's also Windows uh, Insider and writes about Windows 11 as well. So really, really cool stuff. We talk about that and his career and, and what he's doing uh, and he's feelings around the Microsoft Research Platform as well because he is technical lead at BC. So really, very really cool stuff. But let's actually jump on that interview right away and then we'll do the articles after that. So welcome, Shao Ferreira uh, from, uh, well, I'm not gonna tell where you're actually from. Uh, so welcome for joining us uh, on the BMP Weekly episode 156. Thank you, Waldeck for double checking the number as well. Now, we we actually, before we started recording, we realized that you've been in the show before. Well, actually we remember that, but that was episode 18. And it's more than, what was it now? More than three and a half years ago or something yeah. like that. Yeah. It's <laughs> time time pretty right? wild actually. Yes, time flies. But uh, Shao,
2: can you do a quick intro so who you are and what do you do for living? Yeah, so I'm João Ferreira, I'm from Portugal. Uh, currently I work at Busy as a technical lead and I'm working mainly with the R&D department uh, always looking for new things to bring to the product, uh, playing with the uh, cool stuff like Viva and all the latest things related with Microsoft 365 and Microsoft Teams. And after being in the um, episode 18, I became a Microsoft Development MVP, and I've been that, an MVP since That had a positive then. impact then visiting. On yeah, the show. it looks like. <laughs> 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 it looks like yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm still a, an Office Development MVP, and lately I've been uh, publishing books about Microsoft Lists and Microsoft Teams, and I also have a blog where I write about everything related with uh, SharePoint, Teams, Microsoft Lists, and also I have a, a separate blog where I uh, write about Windows, as I'm also a in- Windows Insider MVP, and that's... Who I am and what I do related to sure. Microsoft. Yeah. yeah,
0: Before we go to the the block and and the things what you've done, so Shahid did a absolutely brilliant eighteen twenty eight days uh, blocking in February, but that's a teaser. Before we go there, um, so I wanted to a actually- Commercial can, break. Can, yeah, commercial <laughs> break. Almost. Can you, can you elaborate about uh, a bit what BZ actually does and and what 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 does it mean that you are a technical
2: lead over there? So. Putting it in in simple terms, Busy has an intranet-in-a-box solution, so we have a solution that works on top of SharePoint that uh, aims to simplify and streamline the communication and collaboration process on top of Microsoft 365. And my role um, is related with what we can do to the product to take advantage of all the good things that Microsoft uh, is being releasing, so we're not We are not only focused on what SharePoint uh, provides and what we do inside of SharePoint, but we are also looking around to the ecosystem and see what else can we bring to the product that leverages other things that Microsoft does so we can add more value to Microsoft 365 as as a whole.
0: Which which is always the better way of approaching things. so so thinking how to extend the things rather than let's say bending the rules too much, uh, so yeah. you building so because we've been seeing that at some point, but more and more, actually, I think our partner ecosystem is, is understanding the add- on capabilities and yeah. the way of doing things.
2: yeah, I, I, I was I was for for a brief moment uh, of my professional life trying to bend the rules but I learned the the hard way that using yep. Adobe as an API was was not good at all, yep. uh, neither for me or for customers. So I think that the right way of doing it is to follow what Microsoft is doing, try to extend it. Sometimes um, I find really cool stuff that are possible to do, but well, they are not documented. Uh, it's a risk, so let's forget about them
1: yeah <laughs>
2: what happens in the future
1: yep and yep. when you when you look around for new things to add or extend how do you go about it? like where do you find them is it like you dive straight into the code or do you have other ways to look around in the product well it
2: depends on what um on what we are working on but usually uh the dev tools on, on any browser. It's our uh, best friend, so we are always looking under the hood and try to, to understand how things work. Uh, we look a lot to the network tab, uh, not just to the DOM, and that's that's one of the, the things that we do. But it's it's just to understand a bit better how things work, but uh, we, we, we always try to implement things that are fully supported. So even if we find something, we try to look into the documentation to see, if things are properly documented. If not, we try to understand if there's a plan in the roadmap or not uh, for something like that to be released. Otherwise, we just try to find another route where we dive into the Microsoft Graph and to the endless endpoints that are available to see if we can get the same information. But yeah, that's that's basically what the R&D team
1: do um, and how we work. Let me push you let me push you a little bit on the spot. If there's one thing that we could offer at Microsoft to offer you more abilities to extend, like an API or extension point, what would it be? Hide the SharePoint stop
2: header completely by default. Oh, you mean that the, be the my... whole suit
0: navigation, so or uh, the, the just the share uh, the SharePoint header. The SharePoint header, yeah. Okay. So not the su- I'd, I'd, not the yeah, top 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 yeah. level navigation, but actually the one level lower. Okay, yeah. Okay.
2: And include a flag in in the web property and hide allow us to hide it completely because sometimes what we are um, trying to to accomplish, and this is not just related with Busy, but also with other solutions where I worked in the past and. Other discussions related with this that I had with other members of the the PNP open source community. We have solutions that uh, provide similar functionality to what SharePoint does in that area, but we want to extend it further. And Microsoft has the the possibility for us to extend it uh, with the application customizer. But then you end up with two separate bars where you have to hide it using CSS, but that's not yeah. uh, the right way of doing it, and you see content jumping up and down, so it's it's a bit tricky. Um, yeah. That that would be the number one thing in my list. Okay, cool. Now. Now, related on the
0: on the new development, just out of curiosity, as we uh, we're curious always on what people are doing and what they're seeing um, or seeing the, in the platform, um, is the the Viva connection side of the story? Is that something what uh, Bees is also doing, or are you yeah. investigating that as part of the engagement? Any thoughts on is it? interesting? Is it cool? Is the desktop mobile? Any thoughts on that? So, it's, and, and we are recording, we're putting this online.
1: So. <laughs> it's, it's, it's everything. The best thing since sliced bread.
2: <laughs> we, are, we are investigating and testing everything. So, we, we are looking into ACES and custom ACES, uh, but we are also looking into uh, global navigation, news, news sites, news links, all that kind of things that Viva aggregates, we are looking into, into those things, and we are investigating how we can leverage those to better uh, make use of them with the product and with Microsoft 365. Um, we, we are looking into uh, Viva Connections desktop teams and mobile, and all of them are have the same importance
1: for us. Yeah, cool. You mentioned you mentioned community that that you engage with folks to about things like the dos and don'ts, the patterns, and so forth, and so on. What what areas do you engage with, right? Because because it's pretty broad. Like it's everything from community calls to social to forums to open source. Are there any particular yeah. areas in which you're active or you'd like to be more active? Well, um, the PNP
2: community mainly. Uh, I'm i mainly focus on the Code area for, for web parts, extensions, list formatting. I, I often uh, have conversations with another MVP, Drew that does fantastic things and and share them in, in the in, in the GitHub repos of the community. But that's where I'm uh, mainly focused. I'm not uh, contributing as much as I would like to because I've been super busy doing other things. But but yeah, that's that's mainly there. Uh, I wish I would contribute more on the forums, but that's uh, actually not one of the
1: places where where I'm at right now. And how do you yeah. how do you experience like the tooling because you mentioned samples, right? It's like how mm-hmm. do you experience that in context of your work? Is it helpful? would you do you wish there would be something else different, more or less any any thoughts on that? It's super helpful. Um, one thing. that I I
2: wish it could exist uh, was a a central repo where with all the stpkg files, so we can simply get them and get them installed. Something like the SharePoint lookbook, but with a new template where you can uh, install the samples from the community automatically. You choose what are the samples that you want to install and boom, it happens Uh, because sometimes I just want to test the sample Uh, I can easily check the code online um, or or download the repo, but then installing all the modules, checking the correct version of Node, compiling and deploying it, um, it's a lot of time. And if I can install it directly without doing all of that, that would be awesome.
0: That's good it's, it's at the same time, it's a bit risky model because then customers were able to just download stuff and put it in their tenant. And then quite often what happens, yeah. you would know to be careful, <laughs> but not everybody would know to be yeah, careful yeah, yeah. about those things. So, so there's a potential liability uh, issues over there as well. But anyway, so now coming back on, on something, we mentioned the 28 days of blocking. So you did some this kind of an exercise in February. Can you talk about a bit on that? So why, why did you do that and what was actually coming?
2: So this year marks the 10th anniversary of my blog. And I started in January uh, with contacts where I offered 10 books 10 of my books during 10 days and after that i thought well what i could do next to celebrate the 10th anniversary because i never thought that i would be able to keep this blog for 10 years i started it back when i was in college so uh, it's good that it's still alive <laughs> and then i came up with the idea of writing uh one blog post every day of the month so i challenged myself to do that i woke up one hour early every uh, single day of the month to write the, the blog post, to post it before, before I start working. And uh, I was able to, I was able to accomplish that, but the last ones were, were super hard. Uh,
1: <laughs> it wasn't, it was how, not easy to keep up with, uh, with this challenge. How did, did you go, about, like, because you mentioned already, like you carved out additional hour to have the time, but where did you get the the topics from the ideas. Well, I have a, a to-do list with more than hundred ideas. So, uh, oh, easy. <laughs> so now it's going to be the hundred days of No, 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 no. <laughs> I will not do that. <laughs> no commitments.
2: Um, over the 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 past few years, I wrote three books: two about Microsoft Teams uh, and one about Microsoft Lists. And during this time, I was not blogging that much. Um, okay. But for every post that I wanted to write. And I didn't have time back then because I was writing the books. I, I added that topic to uh, a to-do list and it, it uh, has now, let me just check, but I think it's more than hundred, yeah, more than hundred titles for possible posts. Not, mm-hmm. a, not all of them will happen, but this is where it came from. So I, I defined the plan. I, I looked for the uh, posts that I had here and I added to with a due date to my to-do list. So in the end I got a, a calendar uh, that I Perfect. had in my phone. So uh, there was no way for me to, to uh, <laughs> miss or forget uh, <laughs> about the, the posts and about the deadlines, yeah.
0: but it then, still requires a lot of work and commitment of yeah. making that happen. Yeah.
2: So it's just. I
0: have to ask, did you write two of them at this one day or was it always a one per day
2: advance? or? Um, on Fridays and because at Busy we, we work one when, when extra uh, hour a day and then we have uh, a free Friday afternoon, I, I always try to uh, write at least one so in the weekend I didn't have to worry about it. but was mainly on, on Sundays that I had the post prepared already. Uh, on, yep. on Saturdays,
1: I was still writing the site day one. As we're recording that, it's March. If you look yes. back at February, uh, how do you, like, what is the impact of your work? Like, have you seen significant spike in the views of your blog posts, comments, kudos? What was the aftermath of your work? Um, it's
2: it's still early to understand what uh, was the impact. One thing that I noticed was the number of followers on Twitter that increased a lot. Number of visits in the in, in the blo- in the in the blogs. It's it's early to 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 understand because things are still being indexed by Google uh, mm-hmm. and most of the traffic it's organic. Uh, it's kind of hard to know, but. There was always that spike after the post being published, and that was something that only happened during February. Now it's not happening. So it's the number of daily views decreased a bit, but uh, in the future, I don't know. Uh, well, if they the posts are in fact useful, they might bring uh, more people in the future. Um, yep.
0: Can you talk about a bit on the different topics? Um, I'm I'm scanning the list of things. Uh, so, but what what exactly good examples of of things what you
2: covered on the paper? so just just to give more context about about the blog and about what you will find in here. Yep. Uh, I started the blog uh, ten years ago when I was still thinking about being a mobile developer and building super cool apps for Android. Uh, and way before uh, meeting SharePoint. So and back then I had AmazonTech.net and that was the main repository. I was writing exclusively in Portuguese but then I started working with Microsoft and I met SharePoint in 2012 and I started writing about SharePoint as well but then came teams, lists and whatever and I decided to create separate blogs inside of the same instance and I I end up with uh, four different blogs. So you will find different brandings and different topics under the same domain and on tech, but they are uh, properly separated. So you will find in the SharePoint blog think more things related with admin or development of SharePoint, not um, so much related with the end user things. Then you will also find the Teams blog, but here it is more targeted to the end users. Uh, teams, it's huge. And based on my professional experience, I've been finding that people doesn't know how to use Teams properly. They don't even realize all the, the possibilities that they have in front of them. And they continue to look at it as a, re- a direct replacement of Skype. So my goal here is to help people to take more out of out of Teams. And I recently, uh, well, what was not recently it was almost a year ago, but um, I created the lists blog, and that is where I've been posting my uh, sample formattings and the PowerShell scripts that allow administrators to create templates and manage lists, and that that's a lot of fun. Uh, I've, I've been having a lot of fun creating things that in the past required CSOM, JSON, jQuery, tons of work. Uh, on Come on! Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just just to set up a project was almost an entire day, and now you start writing JSON and a bit of CSS and HTML, and you end up with complete solutions, and and that's really fun, and 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 I think it's the proper way of doing things in the ecosystem. And finally, the original blog where I archive all the Portuguese posts from another life and now i write mainly about windows and generic technology where i post my my iot projects that i uh, do around the house uh, and stuff like that so this is what you can find in the blog well it's it's one blog but it has all these separate areas uh, properly divided so yeah people can see and relate what they are interested in and not a mix of everything together.
0: Makes perfect sense. And the, the stuff and the, the, the technical examples, by the way, of Microsoft Lists, what you've been doing, for example, the community call last week um, in the, I need to get the dates, was it fourth? Uh, it was fourth. third, uh, yeah. third of yeah. March, because depending on when people are watching this, there's really, really cool stuff. Um, uh, you talked about the fact of Microsoft Lists, for example, what's what's your thoughts related on the JSON definition? and and creating these solutions in the Microsoft lists. It's kind of no code, low code, but really it's code because it's JSON, so it's mm-hmm. not really that simple. My, my personal only concern, it's really cool that you can do on those things and it really empowers the people, but my only concern is that then what if the users can actually go and mess it up? Is that a real concern or, or is that something what you're seeing in practice? Or in general, how do you feel about Microsoft lists and uh, formatting and those capabilities?
2: Well, they are not easy for the uh, typical end user because it, it's, it's, well, JSON I- is easy, but when you mix JSON, HTML, CSS, and some other properties that allow you to do things, it becomes a bit harder. It's not super difficult. Uh, but the good thing is about it is that you will never mess uh, your lists by yeah. uh, re- doing something wrong in the formatting. Well, if the formatting is wrong, either you don't save it, or you, worst case scenario, you don't see uh, anything in the view, but you are o- always uh, a delete key away from getting everything back with the default layout from yeah. Microsoft list, and that, that that is great because the risk of ruining. What you have stored in the list is zero because uh, you will you will always have access to the original data. There is still a lot of room to improve the way things are done. The UI for the the simple formatting is awesome. So if you want to format things with colors depending on on certain values, the the interface that list has now it's it's awesome uh, for things that are more complex. Well, it requires knowledge of, of uh, HTML and CSS and yeah. uh, and JSON. I don't know how other people is is building the formatting, but personally, I, I I build things in HTML and then I try to port it to the JSON, and sometimes things get weird uh, because <laughs> you lose track of what is the div and what is the span and and uh, the location where you are trying to to put things but in the end uh, when you see the entire thing together well it's 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 awesome
1: what it's possible to do uh, do you you have any tips or tricks for folks who want to do it like debugging tips and tricks or if you do this don't do that or keep in mind x and so forth well, um, only one tip, because I think we're running out of time. I,
0: I think the one tip is to <laughs> buy the book about hands uh, so on Microsoft lists, right? There you go. That is the best tip,
1: obviously. <laughs> that the best tip. Yeah.
2: <laughs> check, check out the book. There are plenty of examples there from, from the, the most basic ones all the way to a weather list formatting that you can put in a SharePoint page, and uh, it will work as a weather web part built with Microsoft lists and Power Automate.
0: So. that's where it always starts. So yeah. <laughs> like what was the first web part you created uh, for SPFx? The first one. Uh, and what was the weather first weather. sample which you shared? Yeah, a we- web part,
1: part. yes. Yeah. Exactly, yeah.
0: exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the, only, and the only downside nowadays is that Yahoo Weather is no longer available from an API perspective. So it, yeah, but getting don't, that information.
1: Don't we have, don't we have a weather API at Microsoft, like Bing API or something?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it exists, in, yeah, it exists in, in Power Automate. So you can create a flow that writes the data yes. once a day or twice a day to a list and then read it from there.
1: Or have an HTTP enabled flow that you can call from the web part. But we're solutionizing already. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Gooch. slippery slow, right?
0: Now, um, before we close, um, and we want to keep this relatively short, and there would be so many Great questions related on this stuff. But um, anything interesting, show on your side, what are you going to do in the upcoming weeks? Um, what you we'll be building on or invest- investigating? If you can talk about it, of course. If well, NDA, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there,
2: there are quite a few things that I'm that I'm investigating now at BC that are NDA, so I will not be able to to reveal those. But I have a few samples. That I want to share with the community for lists, for views, um, view formattings, and I will tr- try to get those in the in the repository uh, at least. Make the PR yep. during March so other other uh, um, users can take advantage uh, of them as well. Cool. I've it's been having screenshots of small things on Twitter about these samples, but I, I still need to do a bit more work on them.
0: Yeah, those samples, by the way, are the most viewed samples in the GitHub organization. So there's a lot of, lot of, lot of use. So it clearly, as the list formatting uh, is, is available for end users. So basically anybody, uh, and it's so insanely powerful. So uh, people actually use those samples from GitHub. Or, uh, well, at least they test out the samples from GitHub quite widely. So it's pretty cool, so cool. I, I guess that sums up to this one well, about like right. anything,
1: any, any other things from your side? No, I, I can ask 20 million things, but <laughs> bearing, <laughs> bearing in mind time. Yeah, maybe,
0: that's... maybe the last final question, why did you share? Why are you sharing your knowledge free in the, in the blocking and in the, in the GitHub and and with the community? Why, why are you doing this? Because well, you know, Shao, you know this, that this some group of people are always like, yeah, but why would I, why, why am I sharing my knowledge for free?
2: Well, I'm always willing to help others, so if I know something about a certain topic and if I have the power to share it, to help others, why not do it? And I I always end up learning a lot more than I share from other people, from people that engage with me through the blog, from the comment section. Uh, It's always a good opportunity to learn other things. One article can lead me to a thousand different topics that were initially related with the article, but then uh, it diverts, and well, yeah. Um, that's That's one of the main reasons why I keep. Still sharing and posting after 10 years.
0: Uh. (laughs) And and of course it doesn't reduce the value of what your company is providing, right? Because that's a bit of a different thing. So that's your offerings with SLA and all of that. So it's it's cool cool to see that more and more uh, even the companies are allowing their employees to do this um, and being active in the community because for sure when we do stuff together, everybody benefits for sure. Exactly, exactly. Cool. Uh, but I guess we'll close up for this one. So thank you, Xiao, for joining All us. Right, really cool discussion. Thank you
2: for having me again. Keep on, thank uh, you.
0: Keep on blocking. Uh, you are sharing a lot of, lot of valuable information for everybody to benefit. So thank you, thank you, thank you for that. So really, really cool. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank but you guys. <laughs> we'll jump Bye-bye. to the actual articles this week. So for those who are watching or listening, uh, we'll jump to there. <sighs> <laughs> and welcome back. Thank you, Xiao, for a great discussion. It's Monday and I already at this level of tiredness and this is bad. Not because of that interview, for sure. Um, it's too late already. It's No, it's not. Anyway, so thank you, Xiao, for the great <laughs> discussion and interview. <laughs> <laughs> and next, we'll jump to the actual articles of the day. Uh, so, not a significant amount of things happening uh, on the Microsoft side of the house. There's some few blog posts uh, here and there, and then, of course, a lot of stuff from the community side. So, but let me share the screen, and we'll start going through the articles of today. So, let me share my screen. So first of all, the, the first article is from Craham Kent uh, in the SharePoint community blog. Um, There's a bit of a confusing potentially for some, but uh, this is around the Viva connections. Uh, but behind the scenes of Viva connection is actually the SharePoint engine. So that's why this is actually within this blog uh, post or this blog location, which is around, but Craham uh, talked about the managing and expanding your Viva connection feed uh, to create culture of connectivity. And he really talks about how the feed capabilities in the mobile and in the uh, desktop area in the Viva connection will work. So what is actually feeding the feed and how can you control the freshness of the feed? Uh, Because of course you wanna have fresh content on that feed for sure. Now, if you create content in in SharePoint or in Microsoft 365, that is basically getting then surfaced in this feed. That's the uh, really, really short DLDR didn't read too long too long, didn't ring. Which one? TLDR, right? TLDR, too long, didn't ring. Yeah, exactly. So, but that's basically what's feeding the feed, um, and that's then generating the feed to be re- uh, refreshed and, and relevant. The next article uh, was the SharePoint Roadmap on February 2022.
1: Exactly. So as every month, Mark Hashman shares summary, and really he has a guest with, with, with whom he talks about recent updates from the Last month in SharePoint, I guess. Yep. And And in this, yeah, exactly. And in this episode, his guest is Raju Nagalinga, to whom he talks about Microsoft Graph connectors, Microsoft Search, and other things. So strongly recommended to watch or or listen to if you want to stay up to date on what has changed in SharePoint and OneDrive in February.
0: In February, indeed, indeed, and and of course related technologies as well, because this is all getting kind of a tight uh, connected uh, between each other. So there's there's topics related on OneDrive teams, Microsoft Search, uh, like that interview. Uh, So um, and callouts on other things as well. So things like. Mac OS OneDrive sync improvements and all of that. So there was a, a significant changes on, on that side uh, being done in February, uh, which is great, great, great stuff as well, but really, really great t- summary uh, on that side. Now, the next article uh, is actually about the Las Vegas conference, which is coming in April 5th, uh, to 7th. Uh, so there's the Microsoft 365 conference coming, that's in, in less than a month, which is actually pretty cool, in-person conference, which is super strange again. Uh, but uh, sign up, please register, um, and go to the Las Vegas. Uh, so Scott Hanselman, Jeff Deeper, Charles Lamanna, Karu Anakatimo, Dan Holm will be there uh, taking care of some of the keynotes, and then there will be additional set of sessions happening in Las, in, in Las Vegas as well. So all of the, the this blog post really walks through all of the individual sessions uh, from Microsoft Viva Yammer and SharePoint and OneDrive lists um, and related technologies. So a lot of lot of cool stuff on the list for sure.
1: Yeah. And also if you look at the name, there's a lot of folks who are really well known in community and also experts in their field, right? So we have Katrin Chuaga, we have Natan Hiomi, we have Lissan, that Holland has many, many folks who have been around for a long time. So really experts in their field, which is again, like yet another reason to join and listen to them talk. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Really cool stuff. The next
0: one, was Ica Bus uh, yes. on the week of series?
1: Exactly. So I had yet another article from series. Learn from the community. Well, she where she interviews visitors, guests about the things, the apps that they build for teams. And in this episode, she talks to somebody, a group of folks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know <laughs> about a low code QA bot that they've built
0: and 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 why it's actually existing and um, the learnings related on uh, building those bots as well. So again, exactly. this uh, this is really coming the, on the on this, uh, series from Icon is really about telling those stories. Why are people building this stuff? What's the art of possible? What, why would it matter? What does the solution actually achieve as it has been implemented? So really good discussions for sure.
1: Exactly, and also a great way to learn because it goes beyond this, you know, like, feature list, you can do this, you can do that. And instead it gives you the ability to hear from others, what do they build, like what problems did they solve for them, right? So it gives you these real life scenarios as opposed to you can do X. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Great stuff. Now, the
0: next one was uh, in the Microsoft 365 BMP block. So in our Microsoft 365 platform block, uh, assigning a building role to a group at resource group scope level using PowerShell scripts from Shursree Shah. And this is basically a script which is operating and doing Azure uh, automation and to manipulate uh, the roles in a group. Uh, so basically controlling uh, things in your Azure subscription. Right? Yes. Correct. Right.
1: <laughs> We're doing such a good job this week on on prepping this, yes. but <laughs> well, is like, For these are these are deep dive topics, and I mean you covered it well, right? It's all about managing access to resource groups and sure. resources, right? And this on, this is actually once again a, a
0: really awesome blog post on on basically showing individual scenarios as scripts. Uh, so fitting the user scope and just showing how things are working, the operations, individual operations and all of that. So good references uh, for future to go and check out. Now Mark Rackley uh, had a blog post uh, last uh, late last week uh, related on building your first SharePoint Adaptive Card extension
1: that you'll actually use. Yes. <laughs> he wrote an article exactly as you say. Mark Reckley wrote an article about SharePoint Adaptive Card extension. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but uh, and yeah, sorry. Go on. No, no, no. There's uh, also a video uh, where he talks about actually the content in here um, and and basically walks through the d- development process um, and what's available. And of course, uh, as it's Mark Reckley, he's always promoting his North American collaboration conference. Um, and that's what this uh, picture is all about in here, but cool video um, and a 14 minutes uh, related on building uh, that experience. So really running the omen generator, building those experiences, adding that to the dashboard and how it will be then reflected uh, from a UX perspective. So cool stuff uh, for sure. And we're seeing significant uptake on the ACE development, which is really, really cool. Thank you and Mark on that one. Now, this one uh, is then from Marcus Miller.
1: Exactly. So Argus is back, and he wrote an article about controlling the access to APIs from SharePoint Framework. Right. So the idea is that you 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 build an API, you're calling an API, and in the API you want to be able to control who has permissions to access it. So it's not really on a caller, right? Because like like sure, it's all JavaScript and you could limit it whatever you want, but it's just a call, right? So at the end of the day, anybody could still call your API, which is exactly why Marcus shows like, how would you control that inside the API to truly ensure that only, or scenarios or like people or apps, that you want to allow to call the API are actually allowed to. And it goes to validating the token permissions, raw and so forth and so on that are being sent along with a token.
0: This is actually a really, really important piece of security checkings for sure. So it's not just that who can execute the web part or put the web part on a base. It's also the fact that if somebody is then hitting the API directly, uh, it has been properly secured from Azure AD perspective and then secure uh, limitation even more granular level based on the access tokens. So really, really cool stuff. Thank you, Marcus, on that one. Then we had a blog post from and Strent, uh, Microsoft Teams plus Home Assistant plus Craft, take your presence to next level. And that's actually uh, really cool as well. So it talks about the integration and automation of, of well, using the Microsoft Craft, the presence API, and automating the, the that setting of the API with IoT like led strip um, in, in place. Um, and then he has a nice video uh, showcasing the the automation here as well so basically setting the the setting uh, in the what is it in teams and then based on that uh, we can then adjust
1: for example the and the light is three to one, changing from blue Yay! to yellow. There you go. <laughs> okay, exactly.
0: <laughs> so really cool stuff. Uh, but it, it's actually, these are really cool scenarios, because again, then we are not only in the virtual world, but we can change do changes in the physical world. Um, and that light indication is it's a great thing. Actually, for me, it would be really great because every now and then my kids just runs through the room. So it's like, you cannot come now. I'm actually in a meeting. So, because I forgot about uh, closing or locking the door. (laughs) The other one from Lauren Strait was uh, keeping up to date with the Microsoft Graph Chains log.
1: Exactly. So the Microsoft Graph team does an awesome job to share with everybody Things that, that change in graph, new updates, changes and so forth and so on. And all of these things are exposed through an RSS feed. Now well, the cool thing is that because it's RSS feed, you can use that. To keep track of what has changed, and yep. Lorian shows in his article how you can build a Power Automate flow to actually get—I believe he gets the or uh, su- subscribes to RSS feed and then sends changes to himself via email, so that you can yep. get an email digest of the things that have changed. Yep, yeah, this is actually really,
0: really cool as well. And the the uh, the kind of a cool thing here, kind of a cool thing is it's it's. it's Basically, using the HTML as almost like an API, so detecting that what is the style of the style, the the HTML. So basically, if it's uh, if it's bold or if it's bold added or if it's changed, uh, then it has a different text written. Uh, is it added or is it uh, oh, yeah. deprecated? Yeah. So, but of course, then as the page maybe formatting will be changing at some point, then you would have to do a formatting in here, but, well, but it's kind of a cool you thing. You do it automation. and it works,
1: right? You, exactly. You, you, exactly. You change, it. it's not, so. not like you need to do a massive change, right? like you absolutely. adjust thing and, it, and it's there. Yep, absolutely makes sense. Now, Mark D
0: Anderson uh, had a uh, blog post uh, in his blog, Dear Microsoft, please fix the search and intelligence enter, which gives us only minimal insights. So basically, Uh, Request uh, a public uh, written request for Microsoft uh, for improving the the -hmm. search and intelligence center, center, and and especially the insights and intelligence. uh, What's behind the scenes? So basically, really on the usage analytics reports, um, additional details on that. And this is for sure something. But I know for a fact that we're looking into but when and how and where will it be exposed, that might be a different discussion, but it's a classic request for sure, uh, for administrators and from a governance perspective to understand more detailed uh, how people are using the tenor. then we had a uh, blog post uh,
1: from Agnes Molnar. Yes, about multilingual terms in search. Now, Agnes is one of those folks who have been around for a long time and she's really extremely knowledgeable about search. And in this article, she talks about multilingual term sets in search, how they work, how do you set them up so that you get this multilingual experience? Yep, really
0: cool stuff, and and thank you, Agnes, for sharing that. and and not a simple topic either. So multilingual term sets and how they're being exposed. So really cool to have clarity on that one, uh, for sure. Don Kirkman had a blog post related on developing SPFX solutions using containers introduction. And I know that uh, Don has been helping Hugo Bernier, or they've been partnering related on the sample containers. And what that means is that like, we we did have Hugo in the show, didn't we? We did? Yes. Monday. <laughs> yes, yes. To talk about the containers for SPF examples. So basically, and we've been having this in the community calls as well, where you can much more easily and fast do testing of the development or run the code from the uh, GitHub directly using the containers. And Don is blogging about the introduction and also the, the upcoming implications. So this is the part one. And we can most likely say in the upcoming weeks, then the, the next phases or next articles related on the same topics, but it is a really, really awesome way of, of isolating the problem of having specific node version dependencies and all of that using containers. Um, and it's cool to say that this is finally catching on because I, I guess even four to five years ago, we were having these discussions that uh, should we push out the dockers? Are the dockers actually being used? What about container? How can we simplify this development process?
1: So, yeah. Uh, Paul Pollock had a blog post. Yes, so Paul wrote about the ability to have content targeting set up on dynamic groups, right? So typically, you wanna you wanna have the ability as you publish new content, you wanna have the the ability to target it to a specific group to ensure that these people from these groups will see it. Now, oftentimes, you will, like depending on the scale of the company, you will not add everybody to a specific group because that might be too hard. So you might have dynamic groups where people are added based on criteria, right? And the cool thing is that you can use these dynamic groups to target the content in SharePoint. Yep. And Paul goes through all the different steps you need to take, like how do you set it up, how do you set up groups and how you can use them to target the content to them.
0: Really, very cool stuff. So here in the script, we can see that basically we have two, a specific group for intranet IT users or HR users. So based on the department uh, definition, we can actually create this kind of a dynamic group. And then all of those dynamic groups are being uh, available when we are filtering or doing audiences. So so, luckily the audience and personalization capabilities are much, 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 much more agile nowadays in. in, uh, (laughs) Than they were in 2007. Exactly. That was pretty (laughs) horrible. Yeah. Let's not talk about those historical times. (laughs) Now, uh, uh, Paolo Pialorsi had a updated uh, well, a new video related on managing content types in SharePoint Online with Microsoft Graph. So basically there's a new set of APIs, relatively new set of APIs on the, on the content types automation. Um, and he talks about that, uh, those APIs which are available in Microsoft Graph. The cool thing again about the PS Tech Bytes is that they're quite short. So you can easily catch up on, oh, I need to do X, Y, and C. Awesome, Paolo has a video on it. Let me actually check it out. And, They're called and, bytes for a reason, then. They are bytes for a reason. That That is a good <laughs> point. And then the, the last one, what we wanted to call out, uh, based on the interview uh, with Shao Ferrara. And so just to show his blog, we talked about the fact that he has a website, hands-on tech, handsontech.net. Uh, and in here, we have, be- have basically the four different blog posts. Uh, Blocks, individual blocks. Um, so, as an example, we talked about the list, Microsoft lists, uh, and blocking. And he has a lot of, out of uh, information on that uh, in his Microsoft list, hands-on lists. So, thank you, Xiao, on that one. It's really, really cool stuff, and a lot of content and useful content for sure. So, but cool. So, what's happening this week? Anything interesting on your side?
1: Always. Um, so for one, um, I'm working together with Alex Rentia uh, from SPFX team on a command that will allow you to validate your SharePoint framework projects if they are set up the right way. And yep. with that, we mean like if you have the right dependencies, if dependencies are registered correctly, the right versions, and so forth and so on. With the point that we want to empower everybody to be able to solve their own issues themselves, as opposed to have to submit an issue, wait for a try and an answer, only to get back to, to see after three or four days or how long it might take that, it, that it's something simple that they might have fixed themselves, right? So we want yep. to basically give people a way to validate at least the basics by themselves. And then if they still experience an issue, they can they can always submit an issue and see uh, if they they can get additional help. So We're working on that. I hope that somewhere in the course of this week, I'll have a first working version, which I'll be able to share with Alex and everybody else, and basically see if that's the experience that we want to start with. Basically, based on that, evolve it. So that will be one. Um, I mentioned a while back already that I've been working with few colleagues of mine on seeing how we could improve developer experience of Teams apps for Angular devs. So we're coming to finishing points for our POC, which we hope that we will be able to share soon too. Um, If you use Angular to build Teams app, we'd love to hear from from you about your current experience as well as whatever we have in mind to share to hear if that would move a needle for you or not. Um, Let me see if there's anything else. There are a few internal things that I'm working on still, so that will probably come a few weeks more down the line. But in a big... Scheme of things, I guess that is it. What what about you? Uh feels like meeting, 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 meeting,
0: <laughs> meeting, 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 meeting. And then app messages and DMs asking, Hey, have you been able to do this already? So which is like no, because I'm sitting in meetings. So
1: <laughs> Realities of life.
0: Yeah, I know, I know. It's just this time of the year seems to be like the the it's it's certain times in the in the year and calendar when it's actually just Catalan amount of things happening and everybody's just pushing forward. So now that the the winter breaks are basically done in Richmond and in Europe, pretty much. Uh, so then, so full speed ahead. And so well, many I think people. there is spring break this week in the US, or, or at least some parts of the US. Depends. Yeah, it depends on the state. So okay. So, but again, and and of course, SharePoint Framework 1.15 preview is coming out uh, actually this week. So uh, we were planning to push Ooh. it out already last week, but. Uh, but also
1: with that i know what i'll be doing i will be adding support to let people exactly. upgrade their project to exactly. SharePoint exactly. Framework 1.15 and preview yep. with CLI for m Five. Yes, yes. So the
0: 115 um, preview first will not yet have all of the features, but there will be some features and updates already available and then adding more capabilities, especially in 1.15. Probably the biggest thing for, for the ecosystem, especially for those who are in SharePoint, is that you can override the list experience. So you can actually override the editing and viewing and uh, reading Experience in lists with SBFX components, and that's actually pretty
1: highly requested capability for yeah, you. Yeah, it's like that. Like we talked about it for a long, long, yes, long, I know long, me. long, long, long time. So it's highly. I think it will be like highly liked feature to say yeah. it maybe. And, oh wait, right, because like it, it opens up tons of new things people can can build, right? So I'm curious how it will land, how people will. Uh, receive it and feedback that we'll get, get about it. Absolutely, absolutely, it's really interesting. Of course, you can do
0: overriding of the some of the experiences with Microsoft Lists and JSON, but again, a different scenario. So the JSON-based definition exactly. is for the end users and empowering individual people. Um, the the pro developer experience is again, completely different, but uh, we had such a huge amount of partners building, for example, list extensibility throughout the years uh, in SharePoint. So having that capability enabled in SPFX in modern is super, Cool yeah. for sure. So cool. But cool. I guess that's it for this one. So thank you everybody for watching and listening. Please remember hashtag BMP Weekly in a Twitter. Um so we know what you do the awesome stuff what you're writing. Uh, if you remember to do that. Uh, we're always trying to catch, of course, regardless how you're doing that, sir. Uh, we're trying to catch all of the other relevant content as well. But thank you, Waldeck, one more time. Thank you, Michelle Ferreira, joining us to this week and we'll be back within a week.
1: Whew. Thank you, Essa. Bye. Bye-bye.